48 minutes past the hour. This is the Craig Folly Show on 1019 WDET. Thanks very much for joining me on this Thursday. Coming up next hour, we're going to have a reporter Follies, a special sort of Thursday edition of the Friday Follies. So it's the Thursday Follies. Rochelle Riley, Neil Rubin, and Mara McDonald are going to be here for that. That should be fun. We'll have some live music from Katie Grace. And also Bankalay is going to be here. And apparently he's going to interview me. He is going to be helping out in the transition here at WDET, so we better get him used to doing the questioning uh, as opposed to the answering like he normally does on the program. So that'll be fun in the next hour of the program. But right now, I would like to welcome to the studio Sandra Swoboda, who, of course, is our bankruptcy reporter here at WDET and responsible for the blog NextChapterDetroit.com, which is all things bankruptcy, all the news, and uh, soon to be transitioning to what comes next. Uh, but Sandra, we appreciate you being here. You've brought a couple of friends, Matt Helms and Nathan Bomey, reporters from the Detroit Free Press, both of whom have been doing, along with you, Sandra, exceptional work on covering all of the ins and outs of this bankruptcy. And we had a big announcement yesterday, Sandra. I'm going to turn it over to you to handle this conversation. Well, yeah, Craig, you're lucky there was a big announcement yesterday because the three of us had planned some lessons for you on how to be a public relations official for the city since the three of us do cover the city. So you're, you're off the hook now. We're going to talk about developments in the case instead of giving you some lessons. <laughs> yes, because just what I want to do is go back to school today. But that's all right. Go ahead. <laughs> we have lots of advice for you. Uh, yeah, so um, we had a few things happen yesterday, Matt. Let's start with what happened in court because there was foreshadowing of, of course, the big water deal. So um, give us an update of where we were yesterday morning and then Nathan and we'll get to where it happened yet yesterday afternoon. Well, the, the uh, city, uh, one of the city's lawyers, Heather Lennox, kind of hinted in court that, uh, that there would be a big deal uh, over the next few days um, announced, and it would have uh, a, a fairly large impact on the, the length of the trial. And so the speculation was rampant about what it was. We, uh, we figured it might have something to do with the water department, and, uh, and lo and behold, that's what we learned. <laughs> yeah, because there's only so many big holdout creditors still, right, in the case. Right. So determining how long this trial will go is... Uh, all determined is determined partially by who's holding out and how angry they are. Um, so Nathan, taking maybe taking the water department um, out of that discussion uh, has some big implications for how the case goes. But let's talk about what the announcement was first. Yeah, the city announced that they would essentially offer to exchange the bonds that water bondholders currently have. It's about a five point two billion dollar deal. It would essentially restructure the finances of the water department. And assuming that the bondholders accept this deal, and it sounds like there's there's at least a conditional acceptance of this because I don't think that they would have come out and made a big announcement if they didn't believe that this would help resolve the bankruptcy issue, this specific issue being the water department. And if they can clear that out of the way, that could reduce the length of the bankruptcy trial and certainly clear away you know, some of the major opponents, leaving only a few still very significant opponents in the bankruptcy. Now, when you say $5 billion of debt, does that mean it's wiping away the $5 billion of debt or is there some other financing involved that would reduce it by a different number? It is essentially would change the interest rate and length of the bonds because they would essentially redeem their current debt and then get new debt issued to them. So no, the debt stays. It just sort of gets restructured. The interest rates change. And the idea is that the city would save some money because of this. And maybe even water rates could temporarily go down, even if in the long term, they'll probably still head upward. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a big piece of this. What Not only what it means to the case, but what it means to the what are, how, hundreds, of, uh, mil, not hundreds, millions of people who do get their water and their sewerage services from the Detroit Water and Sewerage Department uh, across Southeast Michigan. So do we know anything about what it would do to rates or we're just hearing lowered? It's it's just it's speculation right now. Um, there could be a combination of lowered rates um, and, and kind of an additional um, expenditures on 
uh, on some of the uh, capital projects they have to do. We know the water department is an aging system and it needs a lot of repairs. So there's a potential that some of the money freed up and, and it's potentially uh, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, could uh, could be used to fix parts of the broken system. And do we know when we will know uh, how much savings this could uh, mean to the city? It's really going to depend on the, uh, you know, how many uh, creditors take up the offer and and what sorts of rates they'll be able to get on the bond market. So certainly one of the uncertainties headed into trial in a few weeks. Um, Nathan, what else are we kind of waiting for as we head towards trial? Well, we have to look. We have to look for whether they have any progress on a regional water deal. The idea of spinning off the water department completely and essentially turning it over to a management team that would probably bring in a private operator or at the very least, um, you know, change entirely. The, the structure of the way this department is run, the idea would be that you stream some money back to the city in exchange for these assets, but that is is still on mediation, and we don't really know how much progress they've made. Um, but the idea is still a possibility, uh, although total privatization seems um, a little far-fetched, at least in the near term, because we haven't seen any progress on that front. And with the trial you know, coming yesterday, as I understand it, at the, at the hearing, um, some of the creditors said, you know, if there's going to be a private water deal, we need to know about that now. And so I think Judge Rhodes is amenable to to at least getting some sense for whether there's progress there. Matt, what else are the creditors waiting to hear as they're preparing for trial? Uh, well, um, in ter- well, one of the things, Sincora certainly is waiting for... Um, uh, they're one of the uh, uh, the insurers of bond debt, and they have been fighting tooth and nail for additional documents. And the city has been kind of slow to release them, and uh, and it's uh, it's actually affected the uh, scheduling of the trial up till now. And uh, and kind of they got a little bit of a chiding uh, from the judge this week about the slow pace of uh, releasing that information. So um, that's that's one of the big things. But obviously, everybody's just gearing up. They're doing a lot of depositions. And and uh, assuming there is no additional delay, we start August 21st. Speaking of the depositions, uh, you have a story today in the Detroit Free Press available at freep.com and eventually at nextchapterdetroit.com. I haven't had a chance to put it up yet. But uh, you got a transcript of City Council President uh, Brenda Jones's testimony in the deposition. Nathan, can you explain like why she was being deposed and uh, the, the news she made? Well, she's being deposed because during the trial, she's likely to testify because Judge Rhodes wants to make sure that the city's elected officials are willing to carry out the plan of adjustment, that they're actually going to implement the changes that Kevin Orr has suggested as part of the plan of adjustment. And so she was asked, are you committed to carrying out the plan of adjustment? And she testified that she is, that she does believe the restructuring initiatives are important and that removing blight is significant. Um, But she also acknowledged that she fell asleep while reading the plan of adjustment several times. And so um, I do suspect that that's going to come back to to potentially haunt her during the trial because um, the creditors are looking for any opportunity they can to argue that the city will not carry out the plan of adjustment or does not understand what it will take to carry it out. And so that's something to watch for. Yeah, but fess up. Who hasn't fallen asleep reading documents in this case? Matt, Matt are you awake? You drink a lot of coffee, though. Are you awake uh, yeah. all the time when you're reading these? I think the coffee has saved me many times. <laughs> and we are up to 6,500 filings now in the bankruptcy. All of 
many of which are hundreds of pages. So and how many have you read, Nathan? <laughs> oh, you know I've read them all. I just absorbed them, them by osmosis <laughs> at this point. So. <laughs> Do you guys split them up? One of you takes even numbers of filings, and one the other one takes odd numbers. On the big document dumps, <laughs> we you know we may throw three or four people on them because it's just it, especially on deadline. You, you you know no one person can read a thousand pages. Yeah, <laughs> right now approach. the WDET staff is cringing, wondering if they're going to have to read court documents. So <laughs> I'll I'll keep most of them for now. Um, Matt, the other um, part that came up yesterday in court, was, we'll go back to both of you have mentioned this, the feasibility of the plan. We have uh, the judge, of course, his court-appointed expert, Martha Kopatz, is interviewing people, has prepared, what, 226-page report, and she said she'll supplement that based on the latest city filings and financial reportings. But the judge raised questions yesterday saying this isn't indicating how he'll rule or what he'll specifically say at trial, but he raised some big questions for the attorneys to think about, and I snickered as we were all on our laptops and they had to take pen and paper notes in the courtroom of what the judge's concerns were. But let's talk about a little bit of those. What's his main concern about the feasibility of the plan as you see it? Well, there's just a lot of uh, financial specifics that are not in there. Uh, He's concerned about whether uh, things like uh, the blight removal program are going to be adequately funded and planned. And as well, whether there are going to be safeguards over what the city uh, plans to do to overhaul its its, um, information technology uh, materials. Uh, obviously, we all know that they have very antiquated record keeping and and outdated computers there. It's it's been an, um, something that really hinders the city's ability to govern and uh, and 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 to assess and collect uh, tax revenue. And uh, Martha Kopatz warned that. Uh, these IT projects have a tendency to take far longer than expected, cost more than ex- than anticipated, and under deliver on the on the on the improvements. So, you know, he wanted to know what safeguards are there. But on top of that, he's also questioning uh, whether the mayor and and the city council are going to be committed. You know, he wants he wants to know for sure that they are going to uh, to be the ones to carry out this plan, and they're committed to it. The feasibility of the plan is a significant issue, and Judge Rhodes has made it clear all along that he will not allow the city to emerge from bankruptcy if there's not a a very cut-and-dry plan to get the city back on its feet from a services perspective. And so if he is is, is suggesting that that the plan of adjustment may not have enough specifics about how they will improve the city services, that's a big issue for the city and something that could actually be a problem during the trial. So I would expect that the city will potentially make some changes to the plan of adjustment either before or even during the trial. I believe that with blight specifically, they're going to have to show, okay, here's how we are going to eliminate the blight. I thought it was also interesting. uh, We haven't had a lot of datelines lancing since the grand bargain bills went through and the funding, but the judge specifically yesterday said he's going to want to maybe hear from the state as as witnesses on how exactly the Financial Review Commission would work as well. So the judge, I think, showing again, he's aware of how many parties are involved in this. It's not just the Jones Day attorneys setting the, the tone and the plan for what will go forward, but he wants to hear from everybody who'll be involved as we go forward. Um, last words as we go towards trial. I think the judge is definitely cognizant of the politics in this situation, but he's clearly reading everything, and he's not going to allow the plan of adjustment to be approved unless he's very comfortable with it. So it's not a rubber stamp. I think some people believe it's a rubber stamp. Um, and also, Sincora and Financial Guarantee Insurance Company still say that they're being treated unfairly. And so we'll see. And he acknowledged yesterday that he knows the pensioners are getting a good deal. And so whether well, it's too good of a deal. compared to some. Compared <laughs> the to the others. pensioners don't think so. Right. But he <laughs> But, you know, there's an understanding in the case that they're certainly getting more. So we'll see what happens. Thank you both for being here.
All right. And I appreciate it very much. Sandra Swoboda, of course, uh, in charge of nextchapterdetroit.com. And, of course, our bankruptcy reporter here at WDET, her friends, Matt Helms, my friends, too, and Nathan Bomey of the Detroit Free Press. Keep up the good work, everybody. We appreciate it. Um, solid coverage of some very, very complex issues that will all be sorted out over the next few weeks. It's getting close. This is the Craig Folley Show on WDET Detroit, Wayne State's public radio station. Another hour of the program getting set to begin. We'll begin the next hour with, of course, the news, followed by a special edition of the Follies, a Thursday Follies, with Rochelle Riley, Neil Rubin, and Mara McDonald to Channel 4. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Some live music with Katie Grace coming up, and of course, Bankley will be here too. And a live audience. Excited about that. They're about to start shuttling in right now. This is 1019 WDET.